Good evening, everyone. Well, this is a strange parable, huh? But I'm excited about it because I love to unpack this stuff. I love to dive in, read up, read up on it, study up on it, study it, study the ancient Jewish context of it, what our church fathers have preached on this, and I, I'm excited to unpack this with you tonight, my friends. You know, Jesus teaches us something especially important for our salvation in this gospel. He uses the imagery of a wedding and marriage to tell a parable that can be quite challenging to understand. So here we go. Uh, buckle up. I want to unpack this. Um, <laughs> you know, I want to begin by pointing out that you know, the Bible is filled with stories about weddings and marriage. You know, some scripture scholars even say that from beginning to end, the Bible is a story about marriage. You know, if you go way back to the beginning, in the beginning, chapter one of the book of Genesis culminates with the marriage of Adam and Eve. Then the theme of marriage continues to run throughout. In the Old Testament, God's bride is Israel. In the New Testament, God's bride is the church. And finally, at the very end, in the book of Revelation, we have the wedding of heaven and earth and the new Jerusalem. So there's something very important that God wants us to understand in relationship, in relation to marriage and weddings and the wedding banquet. Especially in the New Testament, because Jesus talks about this a lot. Jesus is often referred to as the bridegroom who laid down his life for his bride, the church. And that's what our gospel is about today. You know, I never knew what this really meant until my scripture studies in the seminary. But when I did learn it, it blew my mind. It, it helped me understand God's plan for us, how much he loves us, and how we should respond to that love. So to begin to unpack this parable, we need to understand a few things about ancient Jewish weddings. You know, we don't know everything about them, but we do know some. And one of the things we know is that in typical Jewish culture, after a bride and groom were betrothed, the groom would go build them a home to live in together. And this house he built was typically attached to his father's house. What happened then is that when the house was completed and the wedding day has come, the groom would go to the bride's home. She would be living with her parents. And a symbolic part of this multi-day wedding celebration was when the groom led the bride from her parents' home to their new home as husband and wife. And when they got to their new home, well, there, there would be a procession. And that is what our gospel is about today. These 10 virgins are the bridesmaids 
waiting for that procession from the bride's house to their new home. They are waiting for the bridegroom to come. What they would do was go out and they would be part of the procession to escort the bride and groom to their new home. Okay, my friends. Now, after hearing that explanation, listen to this. I want to jump to another part of the Bible. It's John chapter 14. During the Last Supper, Jesus tells the apostles he's going to leave, that he will soon die, and will be leaving them. And then here are his next words. He says, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And when I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you may also be. Brothers and sisters, that's a wedding proposal. So when Jesus leaves us, when he goes to the cross, rises from the dead, and ascends into heaven, he promises the apostles and us that he will come again to take us to the home he has prepared for us. My friends, there is a wedding that is coming. And we are called to be part of it. That's what our faith is. Jesus is the groom of the church. But here's what's so important to understand, my friends. We live in that time in between. We live between the time when Jesus has gone to build that house to prepare a place for us and when he will come back again to bring us to himself. And during this in-between time, there is one incredibly important virtue we must strive to live as Christians, and that is the virtue of vigilance, which Jesus teaches us today. He talks about ten virgins waiting for the bridegroom. Five were wise, five were foolish. The ones who are wise are the ones who prepared for the groom's return. They weren't lazy about it. They weren't careless. Their hearts were vigilant. You know, there can be a temptation in our Christian lives to doubt that Jesus is really coming back. This can happen when life gets too busy, when you start having kids, when work gets tough and finances are tight, when life just goes and takes over. We get distracted and forget that the groom is coming. Jesus says in the parable that the groom was delayed. So how are you living in that delay? Are you living as if the groom wasn't coming back? As if our story was not the story of a groom coming to bring us to himself? Are you living that way? As if life were about just, you know, the next promotion or your next house or your next car or about what's happening in this chaotic world? Brothers and sisters, 
That is not what your life is all about. There is a wedding that is coming. Jesus is teaching us here about the end times, to be prepared, to be vigilant and obedient to the faith. So how do we do this? Well, think about a wedding feast, my friends. You know, we must have a taste for heavenly things. When we are waiting for that feast, the temptation is to substitute or settle for lesser loves. To be a Christian during these in-between times, we must set our hearts on heaven. The night is long. The groom left a long time. But I know he's coming. And I know that when he comes, it will be the best wedding feast ever. We must have this vigilance as Christians, my friends. There will be a judgment when Christ comes, brothers and sisters. What will happen is that we will see him in all his beauty, his truth, and his glory. Then in that moment, you and I will know that this is what you and I were made to live for. That's the judgment. We will know then that we were supposed to always live for that moment. Amen.